to mine. Not sure, Sundance. What does that radar say about the situation? I switched on the old radar and focused on the dilemma for a minute. We're damned if we do, and we're damned if we don't, I told her. Then, let's be damned if we do, she said. I considered her stoic expression. Your being here is politically dicey territory for Bryce, right? Because it's gonna remind Whitaker about Vegas and your connections. She pointed a finger gun at me. Nothing gets by you. Then what are you doing here, Cassidy? I said softly, using my favorite nickname for her. You needed me more than Bryce needs me to stay home, she said simply. That's true, I said, because it was, but the guilt of it still tugged uncomfortably at me. The shuttle bus pulled to a stop and we waited our turn to get off and head over to the express kiosk to check in and get our keys for the rental car. There, Candace said, minutes later, when we were searching for the car. Huh? I said, a bit surprised. Bryce had reserved an SUV, definitely a pricier car for a two-week rental. Candace gave my arm a nudge. Underneath all that cold, professional armor, Bryce does his best to look out for you. You both do, I said, heading over to the driver's side. Candace beat me to it. How about I drive, she said sweetly. Uh, I said, this is awkward. See, I was sort of hoping to arrive at the hotel in one piece. You were, huh? she said, never moving away from the door and holding her hand out expectantly for the set of keys I was currently clutching. Yeah, crazy as this may sound, Candace, I had my fingers crossed that today wasn't going to be my last, and if I let you drive, that sort of cuts my odds in half. I drive you all over town at home, Candace said. True, but this is L.A., and L.A. traffic is unforgiving, and your driving calls for a lot of forgiving. Candace glared at me. Just saying, I added hastily. Fine, she said. You drive, but don't ask me to help you navigate. No problem, I said. We hopped in, and I smiled sweetly when I noticed the onboard navigation system. No problem at all. That got me a scowl from my bestie, but I wasn't at all sorry. Candace drove like a person with an attitude like, you only live once, and only the good die young, and booyah, mother firecrackers. In other words, recklessly. It was a miracle we'd been in only a couple of accidents together. Still, driving in L.A. will make you wish you'd let someone else, even someone reckless, take the wheel. And I now know that from experience. By the time we arrived at the hotel, I needed a drink, something stiff, strong, and accompanied by an identical twinsy. Oh, God, let there be a minibar, I whispered as I parked the car in the hotel lot. This is nice, Candace said, looking up at our digs. Maybe there's a hotel bar, I said. When do you have to meet with Whitaker, she asked. I got out of the car and made my way to the back to get my bag. I don't know. Bryce said Whitaker would call me, probably tomorrow morning. At that exact moment, my phone rang.
Son of a peach pit, I growled. Candace appeared amused. You better answer, she said, when I simply stood there scowling at my phone. Crap on a cracker, I muttered, then swiped my finger across the screen. This is Abby. Mrs. Rivers, a male voice said. This is Director Whitaker. I trust you've landed safely and arrived at your hotel. My eyes narrowed. We'd done exactly that, and I wondered that he seemed so certain of it. Yes, sir, thank you. After you check in, I'd like you to come to the office and meet a few members of my team. You'll be working with a select group of agents at first, and I'd prefer to make the introductions as soon as possible. Double crap on a cracker. Of course, sir. Give me about an hour, and I'll see you at your offices. Good. Oh, and please leave me.